Tonight, I want to share something with you that um, that kind of stirred me up a little bit this week. I uh, I was working at the church. I was listening to some worship music as I was painting and doing some different things around here. You might notice my backdrop is changing um, slowly but surely every week. And uh, um, I'm enjoying um, getting some stuff done off the list. Amen. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. Can't wait to have everyone back and be able to show people some of the cool stuff that we've been able to do. But but tonight, you know, I want to share this with you because as I was working at the church, I was listening to some worship as I was painting and working. And this song came on and it really got me thinking about how we truly view our relationship with God. How we really perceive things to be between us and him. The other thing that it, it awakened me to is we are often guilty of singing words that we maybe don't truly believe or maybe maybe not believe or maybe we don't truly live. Um, we don't truly mean. That's, that's a problem, I think. Um, it's not that the songs are bad. Uh, but if we sing them and we don't mean them, aren't we in some way lying to God through our worship to him? Now, I know that that's pretty heavy. Um, maybe it's a little mean. But I think there's some meat to that. Um, we, you know, we sing these words and we proclaim these things about him and about our relationship with him and about how we feel towards him. And who he is as God, as creator, as Jesus, as son of God, and, and all of these things. But do we really mean them? Do we really mean what we're singing? And I, I want to play with you just a little bit, okay? Just a short little snippet of this song that made me think about this. And so we're going to go ahead and take a listen to that real quick. I need you more, more than yesterday, I need you more, more than words can say, I need you more, never before, I need you more, I need you more. Now, you know, I say, I hear that and I love that. And uh, the problem I was having was as I listened to that, as I listened to the words, I just I began to just really think and let them sink in. Really think about what the writer was trying to portray, what the writer was trying to show. Right. And I began to think about our actions relative to the statements of that song. And and I just thought, man, that there's so much that's being said there. To say that I need you more. I need you more. And man, I, I just began thinking about in my own heart, God, am I living like that? Am I thinking like that? Am I investing like that? And I think 
if we were really being honest, many of us might sing that song a, a little bit differently. We might sing it and it might sound a little more like this. I think I'm good. I really have enough. I think I'm good. Believing serves me well. I think I'm good. The word is too much work. I think I'm good. Right? I mean, that's a little harsh. Um, but if we were to look at our lives, look at our priorities, look at what takes our time, even when we finally have the time to do some of the things that we said we would do if we had time, isn't there some truth to that? Now, I mean, maybe not for you. I mean, probably not for any of you. I mean, you guys, you guys get it, man. You got, maybe I'm, this is just for me, probably. Um, you know, maybe I don't, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm probably the only one of us that falls short and, um, maybe doesn't live up to some of the expectations that I have within myself and, and struggle with that. I, I don't know, but, um, or maybe, maybe you are, right? Maybe, maybe you found yourself binge watching TV more than you're consuming the word of God. I'm, and I'm not saying that to say that I'm I'm holier than that and I figured it out because I haven't. <laughs> Guys, there's a there's a sifting in this time that's really showing, you know, who has this thing, who has this spiritual connection with the Father that isn't reliant on everyone else cheerleading you into it. And then who who's out there that's just, you know, really just enjoying friendship amongst the ideology of Christ the King. See, our reliance on God isn't in the forefront anymore. And for many of us, it may not even be to the half front. It may be all the way to the back front. That doesn't make sense, but I was trying to go forefront, half front, back front. Back front doesn't work. I don't know. Help me out uh, by turning to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. I hope you've got your Bible with you. Um, this is my pretty Bible. I love my pretty Bible. Um, and uh, it's it's beautiful. Uh, but I, I'm going to have you turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. I want to read a few verses um, in here and share this with you. Galatians 6 verses 7 and 8 say this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So think about this. In your own life, in your own time, in your own finances, in your own affections, what 
are you sowing? If people look at you, and I mean not your friends, right? Not your friends, not your family, not mommy, not daddy, not pastor, not... Take that around, okay? But those that are maybe looking at you from a distance, what would they say that you are sowing into? See, I don't think that you get a real look at yourself by talking to someone who loves you. I don't think you get a real good look at yourself by thinking, you know, uh, or talking to someone who thinks you're the best thing or you've been friends with forever or you've known for a long time. I don't think that. I think you get a real good look at yourself by thinking about those who truly don't know you. And they look only at what you were sowing into. Those who only see your actions and your investments from a distance. Right? See, the word of God tells us here. That the one who sows to his own flesh, his own desires, his own things, his own wants, right, will reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life. What a beautiful fruit that will come as a result of this planting. When I was a kid, we had huge gardens on our property. Some of you may have seen that I finally got my own Ford tractor. Um, I grew up on a Ford tractor and so I'm thrilled to finally have one thanks to my beautiful wife. But I learned so much in those gardens and I, and I grew up learning all of the process that took place about how you would, you would till the soil and turn the soil and how we would then disc the soil and then how we would prepare it and then how to, to then plant the seed and then water the seed and then protect that seed, okay? Protect that plant, then nurture the plant, and then reap the harvest. It's a beautiful and exhaustive process, without a doubt. It's both. But as we were planting, I cannot remember a single time when we were surprised at what ended up coming out of the ground. Not once. I never once sowed corn and cucumbers came up. It's like, what? Cucumbers? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I knew I planted corn here. I never, I never planted a tomato plant. All of a sudden, a pumpkin surprise. Like, man, this is pretty legit right here. Okay. But in the faith, we have Christians who are planting and sowing, though they may not call it that. And then they're surprised with what the harvest is giving them. They're disappointed with the harvest that they're seeing. And see, Galatians 6 tells us here that the one who sows to his own flesh, to his own desires, to his own wants, to his own ways, will reap corruption. So what do we do? We need to change what we're sowing. We have to change what we're sowing. We cannot keep through the same pattern, the same process, guys. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. See, holy isn't a word that we talk about enough. We want to make Jesus so relatable. We want to make God so relatable. We want to bring him to a point where people can receive him. But you in your hearts, honor the Christ the Lord as holy. You treat something that's holy with a complete different 
amount of respect. It says, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. I had someone call me who was in a rough patch, and they didn't honestly know why. Um, they were concerned. They were falling into some sort of maybe depression or something. And what he literally said to me was, I thought about you and how you always seem to have a smile on your face. And I thought, I need, to, I need to call Tom and I need to talk to him about what's happening in my life. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. As do I have bad days? You better believe I have bad days. Do I fail my wife and my children? You betcha I do. Do I need to get my life together and live more like Christ? Heck yeah, I do. I feel like I'm about to go into an infomercial and then be like, well, for 12 payments of $19.99, you can get your WWJD watch bracelet. You know, I, I'm not going to do that, okay? But what, what I'm getting to here, and I think I'm getting to something here, okay, is whatever you're sowing, whatever you're investing in, whatever you're pouring into, that's what's going to come out. Be it something positive, be it something negative, be it something holy or something unholy. It's going to come out. And isn't it our responsibility to show them the kind of love that the Father has given us? Not only to show it to them, but to be investing in that love, investing in that relationship. First John 3, 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Stop acting surprised or disappointed when you didn't get picked for the team. You're on Team Jesus, people. Stop acting surprised when your bank account doesn't have enough zeros on the end of it. Know that your riches are in heaven, people. Stop being surprised when you're reaping things you don't like when the reality is you're the one that's been sowing those seeds. Invest in Christ, invest in Him and in Him alone. Invest in that relationship that is called, that you are called to live in. We have to live that. We have to invest in that. When I would plant seed with my dad, he would always say, and I, and I hope I'm remembering this right, okay, that you plant three times the plants that you actually plan to have. He would say, if you want 100 corn plants, then we're going to plant 300 corn plants. And I was like, what? And he would say this. He'd say, you plant one for you. You plant one for the animals. And you plant one for God. Now, maybe that's not exactly what he said, but that's, listen, that's what I remember. The problem we found is we're so busy sowing for ourselves that we're not doing anything for anyone else. And it's even more disheartening is that we're not singing, I need you more. We're singing, I think I'm good. I think I've pretty much figured this out. I mean, I know, I know I don't, know enough about it and Old Testament's tricky and I'm terrified of revelations and so I think I'm good. That's not who we want to be as a church. Real church is about being people of real faith. 
We are supposed to truly embody the things that the word of God teaches us. So let's cling to him, not to anyone or anything else, because he is so much more than we realize. And there's so much more to discover about him. Church, we are not done. Church, we have not arrived. Church, we have not figured this thing out yet. I think it's in John where it says there's not even enough books to contain some of the things that happened in Christ's life, the miracles that he performed. So this week, turn back to an idea that you need him more. More than yesterday, I need him more. Each day that goes, I don't build up my knowledge to such a point that all of a sudden I'm good. I'm not. The more I know about him, the more I need him. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to that church. Because I believe the church that comes together after this is going to be a church that's so hungry. So hungry and thankful. But it shouldn't be a starved church. Feed yourself. Get into the word of God. Know it. Breathe it. And make a declaration today that I need him more. I need his word more. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you for your word. I thank you for speaking to us today. I pray that if there be anyone on here today who needs a touch from you, God, I pray that you would minister to them right where they're at. That today you would begin to move in their lives and in their hearts. God, I pray that you would help every single one of us to recognize that we need you more that we need to walk this out and that God, we would be sowing good seeds in this time to reap the harvest that you have intended for us. Let us not be surprised by the harvest, but God, let us know what we're sowing towards. We trust you, Father. We trust the work that you are doing in our body. We trust the work that you are doing in us at this time. Help us to look more like your son every single day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.